Hi everybody, and welcome to Big Gay Nerds. We are, as always, a, a horrific podcast where a bunch <laughs> of big gay nerds uh, play tabletop. Um, this time around, I, Oats, will be uh, doing the game mastering and uh, general uh, hosting as we do Spell the RPG, a sneak peek at an upcoming system developed by Taylor Smith. Um, Owen, would you like to talk about the Kickstarter? Sure. So, um, I want to give a big thanks to Taylor Smith for getting us in on this because we were actually contacted by him on Facebook and he was like, hey, would you like an advanced version of this RPG I'm kickstarting to have up on your show? And I was like, hot damn, yeah. Um, so, Spell is... Let's see. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to read the little paragraph they have on the Kickstarter. All of existence and non-existence, reality and surreality, is spoken in a universal language. It describes all the laws of the universe, what is and is not, everything that ever happened and ever will, won't, or can't. This language is beyond the full comprehension of any mortal, though a rare few have an ear for it. These individuals can translate the universal language into familiar glyphs and from there spell out new descriptions, new laws, new realities. This is the world of Spell the RPG. What you spell is what you cast. Spell the RPG is a complete original tabletop role-playing game. Characters have 12 stats called impulses that describe their motivations and problem-solving methods, which they can use to accomplish any basic task. Impulses are also used to cast spells. While characters observe the universal language and translate it into new pieces of reality, the player uses letter tiles, like in Scrabble, to spell out the magic the character is going to cast. Um, so it's based around pools of six-sided dice, um, and like it says, it incorporates those tiles, <coughs> and if you um, donate to the Kickstarter at the, let's see, where does it come in because he's actually only ma I believe he's only making a hundred of these is it not the hundred dollar mark or is it slightly less than that because I know you get tiles at it might be the hundred dollar mark oh yeah yeah you th uh, so at yeah, hundred dollar mark, mark you get these like I'm looking at these right now these really beautiful uh like laser engraved wood tiles um and, of course, if you don't get it that amount, you can just, like, I think you could probably just use Scrabble tiles, but also um, uh, there's online uh, number generators that we're going to be making use of because, like, obviously we can't use physical ones because we're all doing this via the internet. We're, we're, um, trapped, we're trapped in a, in a space-time prison from which our interaction <laughs> is explicitly prohibited by, by intergalactic law. And as a result, yeah, that... we're having to, to make do with stop gaps, like using online letter generators. Yeah, that part of the lore didn't come out until just now, because it wasn't really relevant, but it, we are in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, anyway. We're actually not allowed to directly interact with each other, because, you know, it could... Um... Red. We were banished Red. here by Jor-El. <laughs> anyway, um, any we of us making physical contact with each other would would undo the spell. So as a yeah. result, we are kept uh, very strictly divided. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's like that's the game, and I'm really interested in this because obviously I've never seen something like it in which like you you got to spell out what you want to cast, but also like. <laughs> 
it's like it's an interesting balance of limitation and flexibility because you can only cast what you can spell but whatever you spell you can cast Mm -hmm. so i think that's a really interesting representation of magic as something that's open-ended and powerful but also not entirely within anyone's control it's very much um. limited to your imagination and ability to read between the lines, which, as your fate-touched game master, I think <laughs> you all should be proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, you know what? And we should also do introductions. He is Ian and Oates. We're going to be calling him Oates most of the time. That's just the one that sticks. <laughs> but um, I'm Owen. Uh, there is also two others of us right now, and they are... I'm Saturn. I I do this stuff sometimes, but right now I'm just sort of taking it easy. <laughs> um, and I'm Sarah. I am the the hopeless shiller of the group. Hey, I run another podcast called The Gorge. It's a video game discussion podcast. You should come check us out. We're on Gorge. We're we're at the Gorge on SoundCloud. So yeah, hey. Um, and normally my uh fiance levi would be here he was actually supposed to to liberate us from an intergalactic wizard's prison but uh he didn't get the memo so he's just at home making some like macaroni or something <laughs> like man i thought you were supposed to do a podcast today weird this this podcast sucks <laughs> yeah that's your catchphrase <laughs> anyway so um let, let's move on oh right. uh what have you got planned for us because um, the thing about spell is that it is uh, setting agnostic. It comes with a couple uh, starter campaigns, which we don't have access to right now because we have, like I said, kind of a beta version of the books and all that. But you've got something for us. I do. Uh, to be quite fair, I don't think we I, I would have taken any of the opportunities to try any of their campaigns anyway because... Um, as nice as a sneak peek would be, uh, I feel Taylor Smith deserves the opportunity to keep those campaigns as spoiler-free as possible. So, uh, exactly. in, in lieu of those, we are going to be doing a uh, a, a highly oh, conceptual brother... game. <laughs> we are doing a Cohen Brothers game. No, um, yes. so we are going to be going into the uh, very tail end, the twilight era of the Roaring Twenties, just as the Great Depression is already starting to hit most of the Midwest, um, as three bank robbers uh who are all ex circus clowns uh freaks and uh, the rest of the entourage um the 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 ones that the circus couldn't afford to keep uh, are all uh traveling around the dakotas at the moment uh trying to do crimes of some sort and and good things too like well. Well, I like to think of us as sort of a Robin Hood type of operation. Yeah, you know, the thing, with, uh, the thing in this with Robin Hood is that the money went back to the poor, but I think in our case the money's mostly just going to us, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, <laughs> but we're robbing rich, like rich assholes, so it's yeah, fine. Right? Chaotic neutral, right? Yeah. So um, I feel like we should probably go in in depth on as to who these characters are because uh, the the setting itself can take a a backstory to these actual literal circus freaks. <laughs> okay, um, should I go first? Yeah, you should go sure. first, and I think uh, Sarah should go after you. Oh, great. Okay, well, um, my character, uh, well, as one would assume everyone in this uh, setting has, well, not in this setting, all piece, all player characters in the system have access to magic, but I decided to play a literal stage magician. So I'm going to be playing Fabulous Ferdinand, who 
is a rather uh, extravagant magician from, well, the circus sometimes. I think part of his deal is implying that he's from or at least been to various, like, European countries. Um, but who's to say how real any of that is? Um, out of the 12 impulses, you, um, only actually have 12 points to distribute and you're encouraged to sort of min-max. It's a little bit more like skills than your typical, like, attributes. Honestly, I describe it less as skills and more like Sims personality traits because, uh, uh, Mm. the way impulses work is that they, uh, they describe how your character goes about solving problems more than what or how they solve problems. That's a good point, yeah. So, uh, the impulses I went with are daring two, force two, feeling two, and style six. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. The definition Um, of min-matching. Should we, you know, should we uh, describe our permanent spells now or save them as a fun little surprise? I'd like to, I say we save them. Yeah, okay, I, think, nice. I think considering we get two of them at character creation, we will, all three of us have opportunities in which it would make sense to use them and get to describe them. Um, okay. Uh, uh, contrary to our usual style, we're not actually doing character generation on screen this time just because we don't want to... Uh, belabor the point uh by the time that this episode goes up the kickstarter won't have too much time left so we want to make sure that yeah. we get uh something snappy out so just so you all yeah. know i think if i get this out when i intend to there should be nine days left when you're hearing this so you'll have time to actually think over whether or not you want to invest money in this and hopefully you will yeah it's a very <laughs> cool thing i like it yeah so. anyway oh, am i up yes Okay, I wasn't sure if if, uh, if Owen had wanted to say anything else, but um, I am playing Desiree Dizzy McAllister. Nice. A uh, <coughs> trick shot whiz from Sacramento, California. I just came up nice. with that one. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, who tends to err on the side of very flashy and loves attention for herself and was something of the circus's uh, star trick shot, the the pretty face on the posters, that kind of thing. Um, nice. Who has impulses of daring four, feeling three, renown three, and style two. So nice. A bit more balanced than than Owen's character, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last but not least, uh, we have my character. Runabout Ray, who is <laughs> this, this? Runabout Ray is this sort of tomboy-looking, kind of professional ruffian-looking, like wearing like slacks and suspenders type, who used to be a bootlegger and then decided that they wanted to cut out the middleman and just get to uh, a different line of work, which I believe will, which we have touched on earlier. Um, unlike the others, they have never actually been in the circus, but they were really good at convincing them that they were. Uh, <laughs> they have to, to, to wit Which their impulses. Their impulses are daring one, focus two, with a focus specifically on bootlegger cars, force three, nice. and scheme six. <laughs> scheme six. Oh, facade and character for sure. Yeah, 
I have oh. joked that this character has an elaborate 20-step plan to uh, assassinate <laughs> and replace P.T. Barnum, unfortunately not knowing that the man died about 30 years prior. <laughs> oh, there's a sucker born every minute. Oh, beautiful. And, this, and one real big sucker dead 30 years ago. <laughs> Uh, thank you for okay. that. Okay. Okay. So, so, general idea is that um, I guess all of you guys are are playing for the most part uh, a bunch of assholes who have uh, run away from the circus mm-hmm. to more uh, more rural locales. Is that right? You guys are doing the exact opposite of what everybody else does in this day yeah, and age. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, let me see if I can get you, get uh, get some of these giggles out so I can give you guys a proper introduction. So, <laughs> um, before we do anything else, um, as we have to, um, at the beginning of every session, uh, every character is allotted their experience points early. Um, the, the way this works is sort of in reverse. You start the game off with um, constantly being given um, potential. Um, because it's constantly growing and there's a lot of different ways you can start to show it. And so you basically are given points with which you can purchase spells or increased impulses or new impulses um, in case you have zero in something. So um, I believe I'm going to give you guys all three. Um, So this gives you guys a lot of of stuff to uh, go hog wild with um, in the next like hour or so. Um, nice. and uh, from there I guess we can begin with uh, a searing August with dusty wind blowing constantly as you travel into the Dakotas thankfully you're traveling by train this time around unfortunately it's coach you're reading a newspaper dated the 11th Babe Ruth has just hit his 500th home run India's in a panic about Gandhi and there's been some unusually stormy weather in other parts of the states there's a column on dryland farming methods and why they'll prevent a drought in the next few years in the Great Plains. In the corner, one of you is trying to use a ham radio and listening to Fat Waller's newest hits ain't misbehaving for all of two seconds before passing out of range of a station. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fabulous Ferdinand, who is uh, just a little more conservatively than usual, just because he's like traveling and on a show or anything. Um, and you know what I feel like I should describe him? is that he's kind of like a guy in his probably 30s um with something of like a slender build and i think something that today would be called like sort of like a caesar haircut Mm -hmm. and he's got like a pencil thin mustache Uh, and i think he like shakes his fist after that (laughs) like the uh, um you know what i've been thinking a lot about what kind of voice i want to do for this particular guy here we go but um, i'm just i'm I'm just delicately i'm I'm just going to wing it, I guess. Of all the injustices. <laughs> oh. I like it. Good job. Cheesy. Hmm. Oh, just milking the invisible cow there. I love it. Um. <laughs> oh, now I've got a spell for that. <laughs> Not yet. You can, though. 
So to give you guys a, a, a better prologue, in the Twilight of the Roaring Twenties, a uh, story is already being told. But like or by choice, you have made yourselves folk heroes already in the Midwest. Your bank robbing, lynch mob interrupting, carjacking days have all targeted just the right people that there's now songs about you. Exploits of your bravery and defiance, and adventures of your rebellion against the shackles the rich beget for the poor. You are all anarchists, beloved by the common folk, just as they're beginning to need such heroes. And with legend comes myth. For your heists have made you be able to conjure and have given you the potential to be even more and to make even bigger names for yourselves. And with your spellings are a gift and testament to your growing status as something larger than life. And it's now up to you to learn as you go, but with these bigger choices comes bigger setbacks and bigger dangers, hiding just behind the veil until now. And uh, just as we uh, go through, I guess, this uh, lengthy narration, we come to... Uh, we start to have the train come to a slow as you get to uh, uh, Hot Springs, South Dakota. Um, nice. All small cities, barely big enough to be called towns, uh, as most in the Dakotas, but they'll do. Your getaway vehicle is a beat-up bootlegger truck sitting in a flatbed you had rented just behind the passenger car. Uh, you all know the usual drill, and it's just a matter of scoping out which rubes and which banks are best to hit and when. So it's up to you guys to, I guess, uh, figure out exactly what to hit and where here as you step okay. out into this beautiful okay. place. Boy, that's a good start. That's a good uh, kind of open-ended where to go and, and who to look into. Mm -hmm. So where do we start? Hmm. Well, I suppose this is not the voice I started with. That's fine. <laughs> Fabulous, fabulous Ferdinand has a, a malleable stage presentation, which is maybe you why he what? has decided to take up bank <laughs> yeah. robbing instead. That's actually great. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sweat it too much. I um, mean, that's that. That is the the point of vaudeville of the era. You you change the act to match the uh, the the comic clay of the land at the time, and sometimes the clay is brown, and sometimes it's red. You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I you're in hot, you sometimes you're in hot springs, South Dakota, and your voice just sort of changes, and that's all. Yeah. It is. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think the natural place to start is to identify the biggest, richest bastard in town. Uh, Ray is, is at the time reading a, uh, I don't know how big magazines were back then, but I'm just going to say some sort of motorists serial. Some sort of, uh, <laughs> quarterly. Yeah, delightful. Some sort of quarterly, and they just sort of, like, they sort of, like, very firmly close them. It's like, well, let's not waste any time. And I agree. I say we do the old-fashioned way of scoping out a town and hit up the bar. You know what? I certainly would not object to wetting my whistle about now. So. Oh, delightful. It's, it's, so. it's the old version of the tavern meetup. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're oh, chopping and screwing your, your old-fashioned D&D cliches. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, so um, quickest or the first place you find is uh, a couple of blocks down Main Street. You find a place called the Elkhorn, and uh, when you go inside, it is it is very much a bar in which wet your whistle sounds like the the very common colloquialism used by the the people of the town. 
It's just a bunch of a uh, bunch of fellas wearing ten gallons uh, with uh, big whopping handlebar mustaches. Uh, you know, it just throwers. occurred to me this is like the end of this is like the beginning of the Great Depression, and we're still technically in Prohibition, but it's also like South Dakota, so like yeah, there's a bar just out in the open because the feds probably aren't going to come hit Hot I, Springs, I, South Dakota. Now that I, I feel like it. there is maybe some pastor outside yelling. That's so very upset. Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> Alternatively, it's it's like New Orleans uh, at the time where a federal investigator goes to see if he can find a yeah. speakeasy, asks a cab driver, and the cab driver not only tells him where within 12 seconds, but then also gives him a bottle he had in his glove box. That's the best story ever. It, yeah, it's more or less like that. You walk in and there is a bunch of signs that have wine uh, and whiskey written out with grapefruit and barley water. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, I don't know about you, but I haven't had some nice grapefruit in a while. I could definitely stand a shot or ten of barley water, that's for certain. <laughs> uh, at this point, Ray has already pulled up a stool and, like, slid a crisp ten dollar and just, like, get me what this will get me. Oh, man. That's $10 a lot. Ten dollars is a lot of money. I bet again, yeah. I guess we are kind of rolling, aren't we? Because we're, like, yeah. dead heroes. You get an almost com- you get an almost completely full bottle of rum out of that one. Hell it's yeah, they very do. nice. It's very nice looking rum for that matter. Hell yeah, they Hell do. Yeah. Um, oh, and Dizzy is going to take a look, like as they're walking in, to see how many. I know this is a small town, but how many banks are we talking about in this town? Oh, uh, there is definitely a bank in town. It is <laughs> okay. called it at is called the National Bank. Oh, of um, course. It's one of those banks that just says bank in big letters yeah. outside. That's just all it says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, it's still definitely a smaller... T- it's it's bigger and expanding quickly, but this is still definitely small enough that it is a storefront and not a bank, if that right. makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. So um, you're, you're definitely going to get kind of slim pickings here, but at least it's, at least it's easy, uh, low-hanging fruit. Right. All right. Well, I think uh, Fernand's going to help himself to a little of that rum. And... Ray allows it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's... Uh, for right now, that's all he's going to do. He's just going to, like, like swish back his coattails and take a seat at a table and just, like, slug back a shot. Mm. And just, like, be cont- be very content with himself for a minute. Um. Well... Is there hey is there a piano in this bar? Uh, there is. Uh, it definitely looks like nobody has touched it in a good year and a half. There's definitely dust upon the keys. Oh, good. Okay, so Dizzy's going to also pour herself a shot from Ray's bottle and uh, wander over to that piano because hey, it, you know why not? She's in a good mood. They're in a new town. It's beautiful. Easy targets everywhere, and Dizzy loves attention. that's that's fair um a couple of the fellers have been eyeing everybody but it's less um it's less with any suspicion and more with like incredulousness because fabulous ferdinand lives up to his name and dizzy McAllister is a frankly rather stunning lady who's openly carrying a rifle (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely there is that you know (laughs) sometimes you're like you know what we'll dress down a bit blend in and it's like well we do have the guns but that does, that does present kind of an issue. We have the guns, and we're and like and like Oates said, we're folk heroes. So whatever, let's roll with it and, so. and play the flamboyancy. So 
Oh. Uh, I imagine you guys are trying to dress a little more conservatively right now before you yeah, guys make yeah. a big uh, bust, or are you... I mean, oh, Ray, yeah. Ray's dressing as conservatively as they always do. Yeah. Uh, right, of course. Like, um... The ever-present... Like, Ferdinand is wearing pants. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> He's wearing a zoot suit, is what you're saying. No. <laughs> Listen, zoot suit is an entirely... You don't wear a zoot suit just on the train, do you? No. I don't know, do you? I don't know, you could if you're bold enough. If, well, if you were Cab Calloway, you would. Uh, you'd have to be as fabulous as Cab Calloway, and I'm not sure Fabulous Ferdinand is living up to that. that. He has style six, though. <laughs> uh, man, I think you're. All I'm saying is, if there's anyone who could pull off wearing a zoot suit on a train, it's probably South, for a zoot suit on a train Damn. in yeah, South you know Dakota. You talked me into it. I yeah, I have to. I yeah, yes. I have to yeah. Great. I gotta. I've got to live up to that style six, or else I won't like deserve it. <laughs> or else anyway, you so die yeah. immediately. So yeah, he's wearing a zoot suit in that bar. And just like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> oh my! One of the, one of the other patrons of the bar finally just kind of walks up to Dizzy, who I assume is attempting to play the piano at this point, right? Absolutely. Or oh yeah. Does does she know how to play, or is it just like her like plunking until like she hits a chord that she recognizes? Um, let's say she knows how to play. Is that like a thing I'd have to roll, or um, no? But if you'd like to show off, you certainly could. Yes. Always. Why not? Again, this is this is their shtick. Um, so yeah. So what is the what is the purpose of uh, you playing the piano in in terms of like uh, is there any particular goal or is this just a flight of fancy here? This is a flight of fancy. This is Dizzy wanting to kind of get to those locals and and get some eyes on her, and um, so maybe either roll with renown or feeling. Yeah, I was gonna say, you also framed it as like the craving of attention earlier. So definitely yeah. one of those two, I think. Like probably renowned, yeah. if I'm being honest. But I, I'm leaning cool. towards renown, if that's the case. Yeah. Okay. So that would just be rolling three sixes. Roll three d six. Yep. I be- uh, now correct me if I'm mistaken, since we have to do mechanical explanations here. I believe the way this works is you set a difficulty threshold through for the roll of like four, five, or six, and that she yeah. has to uh, land at least one of the dice of at that number or higher. Yeah, I I'm- think. I'm going to say that this is going to be just hitting a four with just one of those dice, uh, because they're already, these people are already sort of curious as to uh, what she's doing, but if she really wants to grab attention, it's not going to be particularly hard. Yeah. Okay. There's a five in there. Nice. So, absolutely. Dizzy just starts Dizzy tinkering starts t- away. Tickling those ivories. So one of the the one of the patrons who's already walking up is clearly mesmerized by your, fr- frankly, d- uh, astonishingly good uh, uh, arpeggio, and uh, asks. Uh, hold on, let's see if I can do a good. Uh, let's see if I can do a good Midwestern. This is going to be awful. Oh boy. Um, so, uh, what y'all folks doing around here? This is definitely this is way deeper south than I thought. Hold on, wait the yeah, fuck. Said, wait, wait, hold on. I, th- I think you, I'm I think not... you might have grabbed a Missoula there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I give myself an ulcer doing that. It, it look, oh. if, if you just start doing Chicago accents, we're not gonna. I won't tell anyone. I, I could do Chicago. <laughs> um. Oh god. Anyway, so he's asking. So, what brings you folks around here? 
Oh, you know, just riding the rails, making new friends, and a fair few bit of enemies, if I had to be completely honest with the room. Um, and she's just, like, dancing away on the keys as she talks. And, you know, getting to know the local culture of South Dakota. You from back west, then? You definitely sound like you got one of them fancy Hollywood accents. Oh, I'm from Sacramento, my dear man. But my traveling companions are from all over. The man in the zoot suit, I couldn't even begin to tell you where he's from. Um... (laughs) But I think Ray, Ray um, just sort at, of gestures at uh, at Fabulous Ferdinand. Like, can't you tell we're a couple of vagrants? <laughs> I think um, I think at that, like Ferdinand is not going to turn down like a setup like that. So he like slugs down however much rum is left, and uh, he says, uh, "Let me put it this way: I am used to places with a few more kings and queens around." <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dickhole. <laughs> the Bart patron just kind of smacks his lips unimpressed and less less at the less at how fabulous Ferdinand is and more just like the 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 showboating. It's just like that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we'll get used to it, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> um well, Dizzy just kind of looks up at their at their new uh, friend and kind of smiles at him and says, well, why don't you tell me a bit about this sleepy little town? Um, it does have a bit of charm. Very old world. I gotta it's- say, we, um, we don't get much excitement around here. Um, most people come, come this way are uh, passing through to reach Black Hills uh, up north. Well, don't you worry, darling. We can always make things more exciting around here for you. Well, I was about to say, the most exciting thing that's happened today is um, two days back, some suits from back east, the Bureau of Investigation, stopped by the hotel. They haven't left since. Really, now? Now, what would bring them to Hot Springs, South Dakota? Say they're looking for some bank robbers. (laughs) (laughs) So... My word. <laughs> Bank robbers in Hot Springs, South Dakota. Who would have thunk? Yeah, they say Incredible. Those, they say those boys what got on the radio with the, the, the clown get-up. Um, the clown get-up? They, yeah. say, they say the soggy bottom boys. <laughs> <laughs> They've been causing a lot of trouble and, uh, you know, been bothering the feds and, you know, fuck federal government, so don't much matter to me what they do, but... They certainly have been causing enough trouble that they got suits driving around all sorts of areas around here. They got one, they got two people here, and supposedly there's more up in in the counties east of here, too. Well, if there were any people like that around here, I'd be just as shocked as if this bottle wasn't full of delicious sarsaparilla. And then, like, Dizzy kind of, think... like, Dizzy, like, leans around the dude and mouths to the two of them, like, clown get up. What is that? We don't do clowns. <laughs> uh, he's not gonna, 
like make a deal out of it right now because whether or not they're exposing themselves he wants to make a good impression but like ferdinand is definitely indignant about being compared to clowns i clowns know are- right clowns are bottom tier circus performers how dare they <laughs> listen is- i've known i've known clowns and the thing is you're not supposed to know clowns <laughs> they've got their own they got their own insular little culture and it's just weird it's like a religion or something God. Gives me goosebumps, I swear to God. <laughs> the bar straight the bar patron nods is just like, yep, them them wigs sure are funny looking. <laughs> well Anywho. And, you, and you said they're staying at the hotel. They are. Hmm. Well it's a certainly more interesting little town than I expected. Do you think uh Ray, with their uh, alarmingly high scheme, would be able to like piece together context clues of like which hotel this probably is. Absolutely, sure. All right, cool. I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, I actually does the letter generator you have have a dice roller? Okay, yeah, it does. Okay, uh, I need to roll six of six. Let's see. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's the the like official spell rpg uh letter generator has a neat thing where you can just like roll you can just like do a dice roll you can also do it how it like will generate dice and tiles at the same time uh so i rolled cool. 66 and there was at least one six in there so oh. i think we're good all right um based on what little you've seen and also uh how you happen to have probably scoped out a map not too long ago of the county so you can get a feel for where everything is um there's really only one spot it would be there's four hotels in the area uh, but there's only one in the city that would be close enough that it would make for a comfortable place for uh people who are traveling by train to um commute from uh without too much difficulty so it would be there there is actually a hotel not too far from here if you were to walk past uh uh, a couple of grocers and meat markets and such, um, and end up uh, in a part of town where there is a nice uh, three-story building uh, that calls itself. Um, ooh, let me think of a let me think of a good name. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, the debutante, and it, uh, nice. It definitely makes itself look like it's a very fancy uh, New England style uh, hotel, but it is definitely still a. It is definitely still a rundown hotel from the Dakotas, right? Right, exactly. in the nineteen twenties. So Ray right. to the others is sort of like looks pensive for a second now, and and just uh, is like, well, I believe there is a hotel called the Debutante not too far from here. It seems like a, a reasonable place they might be holding up. Yes, that certainly sounds like the sort of. I have no idea how much money that profession makes, honestly, but it sounds like the sort of place they would want to be. Nah, they probably they probably charge charge it, you know. Yes, exactly. Spend, spend our our hard earned taxpayer dollars. If I was on government money, that's where I would stay. If I paid taxes, I'd be upset. <laughs> yeah, if anyone here, paid any taxes. Here, here, there's like three bar patrons who are like listening to this and just chugging beer, like at hearing that part. Yep. Hell yeah! And then Dizzy absolutely I, I like, does a shot of her rum as well. Like, mm-hmm. I like how we're just like outright doing our scheming like here, but like no one gives a shit. Yeah, no one gives I'm a really fuck. enjoying that. In fact, um, fabulous Ferdinand uh, is pretty encouraged by that. So I think what he's going to do is um, 
with that in mind, um, he's going to stand up like on top of his seat and say, well, let me tell you something, gentlemen. Not everything you've heard about those outlaws is necessarily true. For one thing, they're not clowns. But if you've ever heard that there are any limits to their daring or abilities, then I can tell you right now that that is a complete falsehood, as false as a red rubber nose. So, I am willing to say that these brave and incorrigible individuals can strike anywhere at any time, even when the men of the federal government are actively looking for them. So, I say to you, if these individuals were to ply their trade in this lovely town, and if they were to get away with this directly under the nose of Johnny Law... What target would you find the most spectacular? What would be the best story for your grandchildren? Oh, you're not. And they're, I'm, they're, I'm going uh, to roll is, with oh. style. This is yes. truly, this is truly fabulous, Ferdinand. Yeah, yes. this is peak fabulous, Ferdinand. Oh, as you and said, absolutely. As soon as he stood up, Dizzy gave him the proper accompaniment, like swapped <laughs> right over to like ragtime goodness, right there. Ooh. Excellent. All right, that God, rolling right sixty-six. Here in River City, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, is this I a, have uh, a style roll. Yep. Oh yeah, it's style. He's definitely doing it with style, and I have uh, two sixes. Yes. Oh boy, <laughs> you have swayed most of the fellas, except for one who outwardly says, "Now, I gotta say." I'm actually already doing a, a bit of a pool here on as to when they're going to hit this place, so i got to stay impartial. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, good sir. If you wish to uh, cover your ears and look away at this time, I will let you know when it is safe. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And he, like, he just takes a big old swig and just walks right on out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the other fellows who is... Uh, Oof. Trying to think of the. He looks like Herbert Moon from Red Dead Redemption. Yep. Just like. All right. Slicked back hair, really fancy, like oiled mustache, um, a little too much neck and not enough cheek or right. uh, chin, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, just uh, raises up a hand and says, So um, if you're wanting to hit anything here, obviously there's just the, the bank we got around the corner, um, but. Truth be told, we're just a we're just a pit stop for some of the other places further north and to the to the west. Um, if you make your way between here and uh, Black Hills, there's a there's a spot called Rapid City that still has a um, old fashioned railroad town owned by the Pacific Union. And uh, if you managed to hit that place up, you'd have a little bit more than just money from. Uh, from local taxpayers, you'd also be hitting some pretty big money back east as well. So, admirable, my good sir. Well then, well if I was I a better have man, I'd no say that's probably where they're going to hit. <laughs> yes, I have no clue where these ruffians are at the time, 
but something tells me that if that's the biggest, shiniest pot of gold in this region, that's where they're going to be next. So, another fella, I would say... Another fellow just interrupts us. Now, wait, hold on right there. Yeah, we're going to even the odds a bit. Just so you know, good sir, there's people investigating and know that that's the best place to hit. Those BOI agents are waiting for a bunch of people to head that way. Oh, that is precisely why I asked. <laughs> Ray's just well, kind of smirking into their bottle. You've all been very helpful, and your various juices are delectable. That sounded bad. <laughs> I'm <Not> sorry. <laughs> you see, that's the. You see, boo. when that sort of thing comes up, that's why you need to just outright say it's booze. You know, honestly, some, the euphemisms can get worse sometimes. Anyhow, one of them just throws a cabbage at you. <laughs> you just have that acceptable. cabbage sitting around, sir. <laughs> We're just waiting, huh? All right. Yeah. Well. All oh, right, I think you might guess. need to get down now, darling. We should at least find. Oh a place yeah, he's to still standing. Up. So he's just. Yeah, like, no, I like that he's still standing on the. Just on kind the of. Chair. I think I think you've made yourself a target enough now, dear. We ought to at least find a place to stay for the evening. That debutante. That debutante does sound quite nice, unless we wanted to hit the rails. Well, if it's good enough for government work. I think it's good enough for our money. Yes. And uh, Dizzy's gonna slam down the the key cover and throw back another shot and saunter over to Ray to pour herself another one. <laughs> so, now that you guys are thinking of sitting back here, are you guys going to be um, leaving your car on the uh, on the on the bed, or are you guys going to be taking it down so you can have it in the, in the city? Oh, we're gonna have it. Probably, yeah, probably have it available to us. Mm-hmm. All right, just yeah. in case. <laughs> so, or be it from runabout Ray to be caught without their runabout. <laughs> uh, someone could steal it. Um, <laughs> someone like Ray. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say another hour of drinking and joviality, and then another hour of slowly getting that car out of that damn bed. Um, you folks uh, drive around town. Um, you guys gonna pick up anything to eat, or you just uh, did you just decide to drink on an empty stomach and then drive drunk? <laughs> we should probably. Ray absolutely did that because they're <laughs> yeah. used to it. Yeah. Hey, I say if the debutante has a has a restaurant in it, then I say we we go see if we can find ourselves some some federal men and. Uh, some federales. Some federales, yeah. Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into with them. Well, before you actually yeah. before you actually get there, as you're driving past one of the grocers, you bump into a guy in a suit who definitely does not look like he's from around here. Uh, browbeating nope. a fella uh, on his uh, fruit, trying to get himself a discount. Uh, it's just the one fella alone, and he's carrying a burlap sack, so he's clearly been grocery shopping for a little bit. Uh, and he's in, like, well, a nice suit? Very nice suit. Well pressed. It's uh, black with a nice uh, white buttons on it. Hey, capitalist asshole! Why don't you leave him alone? You got enough going on, don't you? Phil turns around. He's about to say, "Now, pardon me," and then he gawks as he like looks at 
one he looks at two two incredibly fabulous people and then one like <laughs> one gutter <Ray>. snipe <laughs> one <laughs> one ray <laughs> yeah one wrench monkey just kind of sitting in the front looking like an absolute gremlin listen if simply being well dressed gave you access to those sorts of privileges then I wouldn't have to pay for anything. So I would advise that you pay the agreed upon price. The guy uh, curls his lip a little bit and slowly starts to move his hand towards uh what is where to towards his hip where there is probably something holstered. Now, I advise you, sir, to keep your hands where I can see them. Hey. What gives you that authority? So, oh. I, I, have a, I have a question, uh, vis-a-vis mm-hmm. doing fun action things. Uh, would it be possible to cast one of Ray's permanents total to destroy whatever gun he has he's about to pull out? <laughs> yes! <laughs> um... Let's see. Let me double check the rules real quick on um, how combat works. Yes, please let me know because uh, I, I I skimmed the stuff for character creation. But I was like, I'll figure everything else on recording because I'm a okay. lazy piece of shit. So you can choose to do so um, using whatever whatever things you have available, but uh, this means that my character has to act def- has to react defensively. At the exact same time, so while you are attempting to blow something up, he is going to be reacting with his, with pulling out his gun. So, okay. um, yeah. Um, so let's see. Let me double check how that works. Now it's a permanent, so I'm guessing I would just roll it like a move, but I don't know. You roll with the impulse plus uh, the level. Yeah, plus the level. Ooh. So is nice. that five dice, or is it three dice plus a two to the final total? No, because it's you're just picking. You you're just aiming to hit a number. It wouldn't be plus, right? Oh yeah, that's true. So it'd just be five dice. Yeah, and um, j- just so everyone's uh, clear, could you briefly um go over like again what the name of the spell is and how you got it? Oh. So, oh, right, we have to talk about how we got it, too. All right, um, or, like, in character how we got it, or just how we arrived at it? Oh, um, how I was thinking how we arrived at it mechanically. Okay, so how we arrived at this, so what this is, is, uh, at character creation, uh, each character gets two permanent spells, uh, so it's basically, uh, what happens is mechanically, uh, you'll pick a, a, uh, impulse that you want to roll the spell with, so in this case, uh, I'm using force impulse for this spell. And so I rolled 3D... Well, I didn't roll 3D6, but what it does is for the introductory, like, permanent spells, uh, it's treated as though you rolled all sixes. So, basically, uh, I picked this fourth spell, I had force three, so I had to then uh, do a a actual letter roll of 18 letters mm-hmm. and uh, from the six times three, and, like, pick a spell out of that that was, like, relevant to the impulse I was using. Um... And then we level them up also in character creation, but that's like a thing that is maybe going to require more explanation than is perhaps worth. Because the important part is that we've got some spells at character creation. <laughs> um, yeah, you can flavor you can flavor however you built that spell however you wanted, but it's basically you, you get started with 
uh, two spells, right? Yeah, and this one they chose uh, is called Total, or I call it Total, rather. And the text of the spell is the caster can effortlessly, physically break the target of their spell, but it doesn't work on living things. And right. that can... the effectiveness of the sp- a spell basically like affects the degree to which the thing is broken. Correct. Um, before I go any further, I actually like just came across the, the part in the thing that explains this. Um, the level of your spell affects uh, how PvP rolls work, which is um, for every level that your permanent spell is, um, it is that much more difficult to resist uh, defensively. That's how it works. Okay. So, okay. Um, with that, that, so what was it? You had, um, you had two... Right. So, so it's at level two, which means um, it takes two extra dice for a. Uh, it takes two extra successes for a defensive caster. To, oh, okay, um, so I would that. I would still just roll a three d six. Yes. Okay. I got a five in there. So, in order for in order for this guy to have uh, beaten your total with uh, what he had defensively, uh, he needed to have rolled. Uh, at least two fives in order to beat you, and he only had two to begin with, so he didn't get either, which means he failed miserably. And the gun, the gun is destroyed in his hand. Do you want? Do you want to describe exactly what happens as he's pulling that thing out? What happens is that Ray like does a draw of a finger gun and just points it at the gun and like clicks it <laughs> like they're cocking the hammer or something, and it just like kind of like falls apart. <laughs> Now, I thought you rich folks could afford better firearms than that, but I guess not. Maybe you should be haggling more so for a better pistol than for a little bit of cheap fruit, my friend. Ray just snickers like so much for standard issue. Right. (laughs) Ray's like muttly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh. So the guy just, like, silently fumes as he, like, tosses um, some coins at the fellow and just storms off towards the, the hotel that you guys are also heading towards. Oh, oh that'll good. be fun. Oh, that'll be great. Excellent. Uh, we'll see you at the restaurant, friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know what? You know what? I like what we've got going on. This I is do, a, too. This is a nice gig. Like, the circus was good, but you had to actually, like, listen to the ringmaster there. And there was the issue of getting paid. And, again, the clowns. Not a fan of them. (laughs) I know about y'all, but I never got paid, says Ray, who never actually worked there, despite their uh, claims (laughs) to the contrary. Well, that's intern work for you. Are interns a concept in 1929? This is a joke that won't be topical for another 50 years. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what I just said, but I could go for like a steak or something. Ray's just like, oh, what the, what the, what Sam Hill's an intern? I don't know. Uh, Dizzy does offer a bit of like a nod to the, to the accosted store owner. And uh, she's totally wearing a cowboy hat, so she tips it. Yes, it's 1929, but she's still wearing a cowboy hat, and she does tip it. Hell yeah. I mean, people people wear cowboy hats now, and people will wear cowboy hats in the future. Cowboy hats are the one universal constant, if we're being perfectly honest. (laughs) As long as you're in the Americas, you have a 10-gallon hat of some sort. Absolutely. So, and then I guess we're going to just, like, peel off, because we've also had a few too many drinks, and we're driving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the car just takes off with squealing tires. 
All right, so you guys make your way to the hotel, which is uh, thus far proven to be um, a nice, comfortable end to your day. Uh, there's definitely a small restaurant inside which serves sausage, the other kind of sausage, mm. and ground venison, mm. and barbecued something. And that's actually what the menu says, just something? Yeah. It's just mm. the barbecued, it's like barbecued special, and it, it's just like, you can tell there was something there, and then it got written out, and then crossed out with something else, and then, like, another one. Bison, Ray, Ray definitely bison, uh, bison has been written down there twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ray, Ray definitely gets a, uh, a unfortunate-looking plate of ground venison, and just, like, pulls a, a actual-ass bottle of Tabasco out of their pocket, and just, like, <laughs> just starts covering it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> South Dakota's beautiful, huh, boys? Mm. It's it has its appeal. It's no Venice, <laughs> and then and then Ray eats some venison. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Um, so there is sh- we we should Dizzy is going to look around and see if uh, there's any any G men visible. If we can actually tell if there are any G men in the restaurant. You do recognize immediately the fellow that you had uh, bumped into, um, and uh, as soon as you lock eyes with him, he like dips his head into whatever he was eating. Um, you really don't want to know at this point. Um, mm. yeah. He got the barbecue special. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with him is not one, but four other guys. Mm. Mm. Is that so? Now, do they look like G-men, or are they just assholes? Most of them are wearing suits, a couple of them are wearing colored outfits, and one of them definitely looks like... You don't know exactly what his job is, but the very look on his face screams narc. Ah, Mm. I see. Cool. Ray's just sort of grumbling over venison like rats, it's Pinkerton's. (laughs) Well, Hot Springs, South Dakota really has proven to be one of the more interesting hits we've had in a while, if I say so myself. Yeah, it's an interesting twist. This'll be, um, he's not speaking, like, he's not broadcasting quite as much as he had before, but, like, this is definitely a step above the average, uh, crooked sheriffs or angry mobs we've had to contend with up until now. I, I do believe this is our first time in the company of the feds. If I had to, if I can recall, I think this is our first time we've actually shared a room with the feds. Um, that we know of. That we're aware well, of. Well, there was they that. They be sneaky. There was that time. <clears throat> they swallow our venison, trying to talk over it and having to <laughs> on a little bit. There was that, there was that time with that, that, that bank in Missoula, you know. Uh, well... Never mind. Just, no. Just forget it. No, no, you're right. Those were feds. Those were definitely feds. Oh. I suppose so. I right. mean, they were, you know, $2 feds that any idiot could have employed, but uh, they still had like, the badge. Wait, excuse me, excuse hmm? Any By any idiot, you mean specifically the U.S. government, right? You know what a fed is. Absolutely. But any fool can get a job with the U.S. government. Have you seen the people Hoover hires yeah, these no. days? 
Okay. <laughs> is Hoover alive yet? Yes. yes. He's he, in. He I don't founded know, the, the FBI. Yeah, he founded the the BOI section of what will eventually become the FBI. So in Hoover's very much in power. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in charge of the. You know, hold on, I'm actually oh. going to look this up. To oh, all right. But, yeah, yeah, well, that, I, didn't, I, I thought he was in power like a bit later. I didn't realize he was already. No, he was in charge of the FBI for like a billion fucking years and refused to Damn. die. That's the thing. He died in like the 50s or 60s. So like uh-huh. he okay. he was powered entirely by hate and lived I, for a very very long time because of it. There definitely has to be like 1929 versions of the claims to be pro life died anyway. Um, except with with Herbert J. Hoover. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so just to to make sure that we clarify for anybody who is confused or not sure exactly when or wanted to fact check for us, uh, J. Edgar Hoover was the FBI director from 1924 to 1972. So that was a good 50, almost 50 years of power. I thought he died in the 60s. I thought thought so too. And then I remembered that he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the people who like tried to write a letter to MLK pretending to be a black guy where he told MLK to kill himself. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, you're right fuck yeah. j edgar hoover j edgar hoover Jeez. one of the history's greatest monsters anyway hey, you know what this this podcast is educational yeah See? Isn't it look the... we don't suck we're smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> see, see i did do my research here i know i know what i'm talking about okay anyway so anyway. anyway dizzy's statement still stands that j edgar hoover hires fools and any FBI agent stationed in Missoula, and she's kind of talking maybe a little bit too loudly at this point, has to be a fool, right? More, more like Miss Fula. Dre mumbles. <laughs> Miss Fula. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and she wishes she had some rum to chase that pun with. I I I feel like I feel like Ray still has the bottle the with bottle? some in it and is just openly <laughs> chugging it. <laughs> yeah, Dizzy definitely takes it from him to pour herself. I some think more. at this point <laughs> I think at this point the talk of Missoula loudly got a bunch of the feds to stand up and uh they're now making their way towards you. <laughs> We're just drinking right in front of them. <laughs> Drinking straight from a giant ass bottle. Speaking, uh, speaking I think of, I this think... makes a really great cliffhanger for our next episode. <laughs> oh, good, perfect. Oh, I know exactly. Beautiful. I know exactly what my plan is. So I'm excited. Excellent. Oh well, thank you very much for getting this uh, weird thing running. Oh my god! I don't know if I don't know if this is necessarily the best demonstration we could have done of the RPG spell, but it's definitely been... next well, episode. Next episode, we'll actually be doing more spells well, I'll, because I'll, we're... I'll tell you what we we did rolls. We did one yes. spell, and the yes. second episode, if we're lucky, we'll go up while the Kickstarter is still running. So <laughs> yes, and, and look, we even did like. We did like an impulse check. We did a spell. We're hitting all of the basics. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, okay. Anyway, well, we're professionals. Right. Well, time for we'll you guys see to you show. Next week. Yeah, show off your potential next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>